Hey guys, this is Mark, and today we will be giving out awards for the best movies of the last 40 years. So, we're all big movie buffs down here at the hole, and if you're looking for quality movie recommendations with spoiler-free reviews from someone who is obsessed with uh, movies and cinema in general, you have come to the right place. I will be going year by year from 1980 all the way to 2021, going through what I consider to be the best movies of each year. I will provide a short blurb as to why each best movie is the best one from that year, and then I will list some honorable mentions of great movies from the same year, if any. And I will be awarding certain years as great years for cinema, and certain years as terrible years for cinema, and one year as the best year, and one year as the worst. So all movies are American or UK productions, unless otherwise stated. There's a definite bias towards movies in English here, though I reckon I've included more movies in other languages than most English speakers would have. Um, if you're like me and happen to live in or near a city with a world-renowned movie festival, please go to it. Every year. It is an amazing experience, and you will be exposed to some gorgeous cinema you wouldn't even know exists otherwise. And to be frank, the big chain movie theaters kind of suck. Uh, with a few exceptions these days, every big movie is a remake or some sort of Disney, Marvel, or Star Wars CGI fest that feels more like a video game than a movie. So much so that these big theater chains kind of feel like extensions of Disney theme parks, more so than showcasers of great cinema. So support your local independent theaters and drive-ins. So we will begin with 1980 and proceed chronologically. So the honor for best movie of 1980 goes to Airplane. This movie is a Leslie Nielsen classic and was perhaps the most quotable movie of all time until Superbad. Many also consider Airplane to be the best comedy of all time and some go so far as to label it the best movie of all time. I do not agree, but I do consider it to be the best spoof comedy of all time. So many one-liner jokes that are right on the mark. One would be forgiven for considering many of the jokes to be dad jokes, but they are unapologetically so and fit right into the movie's dry satire style. Uh, honorable mentions for 1980 go to The Shining and The Empire Strikes Back. Best movie of 1981 goes to Raiders of the Lost Ark. So I'm a sucker for the original three Indiana Jones movies, Pure Popcorn Fun and Adventure. Steven Spielberg, George Lucas, and Harrison Ford are a fantastic combination. Much like Star Wars, it is definitely a kid's movie, but can also be enjoyed by adults. It has it all. Action, romance, comedy, suspense, archaeology, Nazis, Easter eggs, plot holes, and a great soundtrack. I have watched it recently, and it has certainly stood the test of time, in my opinion, unlike many movies made in the 80s. An honorable mention for 1981 goes to The Evil Dead. 1982's best movie goes to Fast Times at Ridgemont High. This movie is basically dazed and confused, so if you like that one, you'll like this one. A notable difference between the two is that Fast Times is a little more downbeat and explores some sensitive issues that teens face such as trust, abandonment, cliques, and abortion. It is very California, but I wouldn't say stereotypically so. And it also launched the careers of Sean Penn, Jennifer Jason Leigh, Phoebe Cates, and Forrest Whitaker. Honorable mentions for 1982 are E.T. and Sophie's Choice. 
the best movie of 1983 goes to Scarface. So classic Al Pacino, classic Michelle Pfeiffer. Both of these actors have always had this cool, dark edge to them. And it is on full display here. I feel like we've all seen this one already, but in case some haven't, it is set in 1980 Miami where a ruthless Cuban immigrant takes over a drug cartel. Although this is obviously not one of his films, this movie is for fans of anything Scorsese, despite it being less refined and more over the top. Um, lots of brutal but not gratuitous violence, great dialogue, and mountains of cocaine as far as the eye can see. And Scarface was clearly a huge inspiration for Grand Theft Auto 4, which is considered by many to be one of the greatest video games of all time. The best movie of 1984 goes to Sex Mission, or the Polish title Sex Misja. So this is considered by me and many others to be the best Polish movie ever made. Sex Mission is a zany, satirical sci-fi comedy that was low budget by Western standards, but high budget by Polish standards. The plot is two male scientists get cryogenically frozen for what was meant to be three years, but ends up being 53 years, and they wake up in a world without men. I've seen this movie dozens of times, and it never disappoints. Lots of twists and turns in this one, and one of the lead actors, Jerzy Sztur, is a Polish national treasure. Another interesting thing about this movie is that the whole thing is a metaphor for and critique of living under communist rule in Poland. This subject matter was not allowed on screen at the time in Poland, so many writers and directors had to get creative with their movies, much like how Godzilla was a metaphor for the atomic bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, which was a subject matter that was censored by Japan at the time. Non-Polish people may not get all the jokes, but I have been able to find versions online with good subtitles that capture most of the humor. Um, and full disclosure, I am Polish and therefore potentially biased here, but I consider this to be a perfect movie. Honorable mentions for 1984 are 16 Candles, 1984 the movie, and Amadeus. The best movie of 1985 goes to The Breakfast Club. So a John Hughes classic, many consider this movie to define the 80s, and it was one of the first movies where quote-unquote, nothing happens. It is essentially five high schoolers from different cliques in detention together discussing the causes of their angst. So we have um, a criminal, a jock, a princess, a nerd, and a basket case, all interacting in a very wholesome way with that John Hughes charm to it. This movie is very dialogue-heavy and was a movie that launched the careers of many actors. So despite the greatness of this movie, I couldn't find a single other good one from 1985, so it will be the first recipient of the Terrible Year for Movies Award. The best movie of 1986 goes to Stand By Me. Based on a Stephen King novella, Stand By Me feels like Stranger Things without the sci-fi elements. Um, Stranger Things references it plenty, but I guess that's true about almost every movie from the 80s that I've listed here. Um, The plot is a boy discovers a dead body and brings his friends to go see it, and along the way they engage in banter, and that's basically the whole movie. This is the only movie that I really like that came out in 1986, so 1986 is the recipient of the dreaded Worst Year for Movies award. So the best movie of 1987 goes to Full Metal Jacket. 
So a Stanley Kubrick classic, Full Metal Jacket, is a brutal but hilarious movie about a platoon training for and then deploying into the Vietnam War. Uh, Ronald Lee Ermey's portrayal of Gunnery Sergeant Hartman is perfection. So he had over a decade of actual U.S. Marine Corps experience, and the insult he lays into his squad will have you on the floor laughing. I'm tempted to include some of them here, but I promise to make this as spoiler-free as possible. Um, Another strong suit of this film is that it in no way glorifies war, and it explores many of the darker themes of it. Um, So lots of in-your-face grit and that raw darkness that is just, I guess, a trademark of Kubrick. An honorable mention for 1987 is Wall Street. The best movie for 1988 goes to Heathers. So another John Hughes classic, Heathers is set in high school where a smart sociopath wreaks havoc on the cool kids trying to right their social wrongs. Um, It's dark comedy at its absolute finest, with Christian Slater doing what he does best, which is playing a scheming sociopath, and Winona Ryder back when she used to just steal the show. This movie is the definition of a cult classic and dark comedy, and is just delightfully oozing with 80s all over it. Um, So if a darker and more twisted version of Mean Girls sounds like it might be up your alley, uh, definitely check out Heather's. An honorable mention for 1988 is Die Hard. The award for best movie of 1989 goes to Decalogue, or Decalogue, from Poland. So directed by a little-known Polish gem of a movie maker named Krzysztof Kieślowski, Decalogue is a series of ten roughly one-hour films about things like love and death, with each entry exploring a different theme. Each of these movies is hyper-realist and is set against the backdrop of a very communist Poland. It's, uh, it's very cool stuff, and no one knows it exists. Um, despite Decalogue's greatness, 1989 gets the dreaded Terrible Year for Movies award. The best movie of 1990 goes to Home Alone. So yet another one of the many John Hughes classics. Everyone has seen this one, so I won't say much more than it is fun, wholesome, and has a cool soundtrack. Honorable mention for 1990 goes to Goodfellas. The best movie of 1991 goes to Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Uh, Directed by James Cameron, whom I consider to be the most imaginative director until Christopher Nolan came along. Um, Starring Arnold Schwarzenegger in a role he seemed born to play, T2 is an unreal action movie that is head and shoulders better than the first in every way. It also explores deeper themes, although admittedly not that deeply, namely what it means to be human and the concept of fate. Um, Very impressive that the special effects still hold up pretty well 30 years later. And I almost labeled it a perfect movie, but I couldn't due to Edward Furlong's obvious lack of acting experience on full display as the young John Connor. An honorable mention for 1991 is Boys in the Hood. So 1992's best movie goes to A Few Good Men. Written and directed by Aaron Sorkin, some of you may remember my dramatic reading of the climax of this movie from last week's admittedly low-effort episode... And if you don't, then you should, so go listen to that one after this. 
Um, this movie is delightful and has some of the best dialogue ever put to screen and launched Aaron Sorkin to the screenwriter superstardom that he enjoys to this day. This is a perfect movie, straight up, and has a great cast, including Tom Cruise, Demi Moore, Jack Nicholson, Kevin Bacon, and Kiefer Sutherland. Honorable mentions for 1992. Fern Gully, The Last Rainforest, and Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. 1993's best movie goes to... True Romance. So True Romance is a lesser-known Quentin Tarantino movie that is not your conventional romance movie, but I guess that is to be expected from Mr. Tarantino. Um, Super fast-paced, colorful, suspenseful, and star-studded with Christian Slater, Patricia Arquette, Gary Oldman, Dennis Hopper, Val Kilmer, Christopher Walken, um, Samuel Jackson, Michael Rapaport, Brad Pitt, and James Gandolfini. Um, Christian Slater is his usual scheming self, and unlike recent Tarantino movies, this one is not self-indulgent at all, and things actually happen in it. Honorable mentions for 1993 go to Schindler's List and Three Colors Blue. 1994's best movie goes to... The Shawshank Redemption. So this is considered by many to be the best movie of all time, and it is the highest rated movie on IMDb with a 9.3 out of 10 rating. Written and directed by Frank Darabont, based on a Stephen King short story, and narrated by Morgan Freeman. Need I say more? Something I've just noticed is that movie adaptations of Stephen King's novellas and short stories tend to be better than those based on his novels. So I'm going to go ahead and agree and say this is probably the best movie ever made. So 1994 will be the first recipient of our coveted Great Year for Movies Award with the following honorable mentions. Pulp Fiction, The Mask, Forrest Gump, The Lion King, Leon the Professional, Three Colors Red, Three Colors White, and Ace Ventura Pet Detective. 1995's best movie goes to... Ghost in the Shell from Japan. So to be clear, this is the Japanese anime, not to be confused with the live-action remake with ScarJo, which was only okay, I guess. 1995's Ghost in the Shell is a great sci-fi movie that explores many interesting aspects of existentialism, including what it means to be human and the rise of self-aware AI. It delves far deeper into these themes than the aforementioned Terminator 2, and if you think anime is garbage like I did when I was younger, give this movie a go. It is a great intro to the genre, but it is also an important work of the science fiction and cyberpunk genres. The plot is a cyborg policewoman and her human partner hunt a hacker called the Puppet Master. It's very smart and stylish, um, the animation's fantastic, and the soundtrack is very... It's very Japanese, and but it fits very well. Uh, fun fact, the Wachowski sisters, when pitching The Matrix to executive producers, showed them Ghost in the Shell, saying they want to do this for real. Honorable mentions for 1995. Seven, The Usual Suspects, Kids, and Casino. 1996's best movie goes to... Trainspotting. So directed by the super-talented Danny Boyle, Trainspotting is a very fun movie starring a very young and very skinny Ewan McGregor. 
It is a gritty, dirty, and hilarious presentation of a group of young working class heroin addicts in Scotland. 1997's best movie goes to. The Fifth Element. Directed by Luc Besson, this is a perfect movie in my opinion. Cool story in colorful, exotic settings with nonstop action. It's one of those movies where you are never truly concerned for a main character's safety, but that is kind of the point. It has that French campy style to it and is packed with jokes throughout. Um, and Chris Tucker's character is a riot. Um, if anyone saw Besson's Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets and enjoyed at least the first two acts of that movie, The Fifth Element is definitely for you. And we are proud to award 1997 with the Great Year for Movies Award with the following honorable mentions. Life is Beautiful, Goodwill Hunting, Titanic, Event Horizon, Liar Liar, and Funny Games from Austria, not to be confused with the 2007 Shot for Shot US remake with Naomi Watts. 1998's best movie goes to... Very Bad Things. Um, this will be a controversial one because many great movies came out in 98, but... But yeah, so Very Bad Things is a deliciously twisted, dark comedy starring Christian Slater, Cameron Diaz, John Favreau, Jeremy Piven, Daniel Stern, and Leland Orser. It's tough to describe this movie without spoiling it, so all I will say is that it's about a group of men who go to Vegas for a bachelor party and... And that's, that's all I can say, really, without spoiling anything. Um, the Hangover borrowed heavily from this movie, but I consider this one to be far superior and funnier than that one. Um, and one last notable thing is that this movie contains some very impressive editing. In 1998, as a year, we'll also receive our Great Year for Movies Award, with the following honorable mentions. Saving Private Ryan, American History X, The Big Lebowski, and Patch Adams. 1999's Best Movie Award goes to... The Matrix. Written and directed by the duo known as the Wachowski Brothers at the time, who have since become the Wachowski Sisters. A uh, little sidebar, shouldn't that be the Wachowska Sisters? Wachowski still implies that... Anyway, neither here nor there. Um... So, back to The Matrix. This movie is packed with great actors, writing, action sequences, suspense, special effects, themes, metaphors, undertones, and does exposition very, very well. Um, if you have not seen it yet, see it. I consider it to be a perfect movie. Alright, so I am proud to award the coveted Best Year for Movies award to 1999, with the following laundry list of honorable mentions. Fight Club, The Cell, The Green Mile, American Beauty, South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut, American Pie, Girl Interrupted, The Sixth Sense, House on Haunted Hill, Eyes Wide Shut, Wild Wild West, October Sky, um, Being John Malkovich, Human Traffic, and Existence. Yeah, so wow, 1999, holy hell. Um, I don't know what 1999 was smoking, but if they could kindly pass some of it my way, we would all benefit. 2000's best movie goes to... Groove. 
Directed by Greg Harrison, Groove is a film that, in my opinion, perfectly captures what rave culture is all about. It is essentially the closest you can come to experiencing a real rave party without actually being there. Um, with, I guess, the British movie Human Traffic as a close second. Groove depicts a reluctant guy meeting a seasoned pro girl at an underground warehouse party in a romance, which some may refer to as a chemical one, ensues. Filled with relevant subplots of other characters, the writers and directors certainly did their homework on this one. Can't describe why without spoiling it, so I won't. Um, it was made on only a $500,000 budget, but that fact doesn't really show at all and just makes it all the more impressive of a movie. It is also very honest, wholesome, and romantic, and just might change certain people's opinions on certain matters. It only falls flat due to a few examples here and there of some bad acting, but is otherwise a treat from start to finish, with of course a great soundtrack to match. A common criticism of this movie is that it glosses over the dark side of rave culture, which is fair, but in my opinion, that wouldn't fit with the vibe the movie is trying to create. And the year 2000 will also receive the widely desired Great Year for Movies Award with the following honorable mentions. Gladiator, Requiem for a Dream, Battle Royale from Japan, American Psycho, Memento, Best in Show, and Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows. You heard that right. Blair Witch 2 is actually a good movie. So, wow. Uh, 1997 to 2000 seems like it was the golden age of the big screen. 2001's best movie goes to... Amélie from France. So, I'm a huge fan of French cinema. Um, they love getting my type of weird over there. Uh, Amélie is about a naive Parisian girl that decides to help others out and finds love on the way. It is um, it's delightfully weird, eccentric, fantastical, and uplifting in its own super French way. Uh, many of the on-location sets were meticulously cleaned of grime, trash, and graffiti to match the fantasy nature of the movie, which makes for a very makes for a very interesting effect. Honorable mentions for 2001, Mulholland Drive, Bully, The Royal Tenenbaums, and Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. 2002's best movie goes to Irreversible or Irreversible from France. So many people think I'm fucked up for liking this movie, and I'm not sure they're entirely wrong. Um, all of Gaspar Noé's films push the limits of what is acceptable to show on screen, and this is no exception. Uh, starring a very young Vincent Cassell and Monica Bellucci, the entire movie is a sequence of long takes of a fateful evening in Paris, um, presented in reverse chronological order, so the beginning of the movie is the end of the sequence of events, and vice versa. Sort of like Memento. If that's not jarring enough, the camera work is intentionally grainy and shaky throughout the movie, except for one notorious scene. Um, Thomas Bangalter of Daft Punk did the soundtrack, however, most of the soundtrack sounds nothing like Daft Punk. I've never seen anything like this movie, and it is certainly not for the faint of heart. 2002 will also be labeled a great year for movies, with the following honorable mentions. 28 Days Later, Spun, 8 Mile, Minority Report, 
Signs, Blade 2, Resident Evil, and Lord of the Rings The Two Towers. 2003's best movie goes to... The Life of David Gale. So starring Kevin Spacey, this movie is a not-so-low-key dramatic protest against capital punishment. Uh, This is another one that is tough to describe without spoiling it, so I will go no further here. You will want to watch this one again, but uh, you'll probably want a long break before you do. Honorable mentions for 2003 are City of God from Brazil, The Dreamers from France, and Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. 2004's best movie goes to... Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Uh, This movie is a very original take on sci-fi with elements of romance and fantasy thrown into the mix. I'm a huge Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet fan, and it is nice to see Jim Carrey in a somewhat serious role in a good movie. The plot is an unhappy couple undergoes a medical procedure to have each other deleted from their memories. Um, Nice and bizarre, but also very relatable. Um, And this is definitely a movie one may refer to as a mindfuck. Honorable mentions for 2004. Hotel Rwanda, Saw, The Butterfly Effect, Mean Girls, It's All Gone Pete Tong, and I, Robot. 2005's best movie goes to Serenity. So this movie was made to wrap up the criminally short sci-fi TV series called Firefly, which was cancelled by Fox after only one season, much to the chagrin of many a nerd, uh, myself included. Good sci-fi on TV is very hard to find, so the cancellation of Firefly was absolutely devastating. Um, But at least we got a movie to kind of cap it off, and in that movie, it's basically just a band of misfits are on a rescue mission in space. Uh, Very funny stuff, and it is a lot like The Fifth Element, in the sense that there are constant narrow escapes in which you are never truly scared that any good guy will die but you are having oodles of fun the entire time, and it just looks gorgeous. Honorable mentions for 2005 are V for Vendetta and Waiting. 2006's best movie goes to Children of Men. So Children of Men is a beautifully executed, realist, near-future dystopian action movie that explores humanity's fate if we suddenly lost the ability to reproduce. Um, The world and settings in this movie feel like a character in it, and the impressive long takes often take time to explore them as well. Honorable mentions for 2006 are The Departed, The Lives of Others from Germany, A Scanner Darkly, The Prestige, Little Miss Sunshine, not to be confused with Sunshine, and Unforgivable. 2007's best movie goes to Superbad. So Superbad is the only movie I've ever seen in theaters three times, and as stated earlier, I consider it to be the most quotable movie of all time. If you're okay with profanity and crude jokes, you will love this movie. Written by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, and starring Jonah Hill, Michael Sarah, Christopher Mintz-Ploss, Emma Stone, Bill Hader, Seth Rogen, and Joe Lo Truglio, um, this film propelled the careers of many involved into stardom. 
I'd consider this a perfect movie if it wasn't for the, the last 10 minutes or so, which admittedly aren't as side-splittingly funny as the rest of it. Honorable mentions for 2007 are Sunshine, not to be confused with Little Miss Sunshine, There Will Be Blood, and Hot Fuzz. 2008's best movie goes to The Dark Knight. So one of Christopher Nolan's best movies, this one starts with a bang and never takes its foot off the gas. Heath Ledger brings a fresh take to the Joker and absolutely nails it and, dare I say it, steals the show. However, the cast, direction, pacing, themes, mood, settings, soundtrack, and special effects of this movie are all top-notch, as we have come to expect from Mr. Nolan. Um, The special effects are practically performed, and I feel like we should all appreciate Christopher Nolan and other directors that favor this over CGI a little more. You know, it, it doesn't feel like a video game or a theme park ride or... You know, it, it feels like cinema. Let's put it that way. Um, some criticize this movie for not being realistic, which I think is dumb, uh, seeing, it, uh, seeing as it is a superhero movie. Um, it is meant to be a dark and gritty take on Batman, not a realistic one. This is straight up a perfect movie. Honorable mentions for 2008 are Slumdog Millionaire, Wally, and Drillbit Taylor. 2009's best movie goes to Cooper's is Christmas from Canada. So Cooper's is Christmas, also known as Cooper's is Camera, and not to be confused with Christmas with the Coopers, is one of few Canadian movies I've truly enjoyed. Uh, starring an all-Canadian cast, including Jason Jones and Samantha B of The Daily Show with Jon Stewart, it is hands down one of my favorite movies. Um, presented as a found footage documentary of a low-class family's Christmas in the 80s. This movie is a hysterical dark comedy from start to finish and very unpredictable. Um, Very crude and absolutely not PC, but also quite witty and um, intricately written. I am giving it the coveted award of Perfect Movie. Uh, This movie is hard to find, but available to buy or rent in digital format online. I can't recommend it enough, and it might just become a Christmas tradition for you like it has for me. Honorable mentions for 2009 are Enter the Void, Up, World's Greatest Dad, District 9, and Logorama. 2010's best movie goes to Four Lions. So Four Lions is a British dark comedy about four incompetent jihadi terrorists. What is most impressive about this movie is how it tackles serious and taboo subject matter, but presents it in a laugh-out-loud funny way. Uh, Written by some of my favorite writers, Christopher Morris, Sam Bain, and Jesse Armstrong, this movie is is hysterical throughout and and just feels very British. Also, it stars Riz Ahmed, who has since become a huge star. Honorable mentions for 2010 are Inception and The Social Network. 2011's best movie goes to Contagion. So I didn't think so at the time, but since COVID happened and I rewatched this, like this movie is a masterpiece. Uh, Directed by Steven Soderbergh, this movie is a star-studded exploration of a global pandemic in the modern world from multiple perspectives, uh, made eight years before COVID happened. 
disturbing and bleak in its own right. It is downright freaky how much it was right about, as we are seeing much of what transpired in it play out in real life in real time. Uh, Many didn't like this movie because it was marketed as a Matt Damon action flick, but those people are wrong, and uh, they should feel wrong. (laughs) Honorable mention for 2011 is Margin Call. 2012's best movie goes to Project X. So Project X is a fun movie all around. Uh, Presented in a documentary style, it is a coming-of-age comedy drama about three high school boys who throw a party that quickly spirals out of control. The actors playing these guys could have easily been the characters of Superbad. Uh, The soundtrack will also hit your nostalgia buttons if you are in the right age for it. And the Costa character is just an absolute riot. Honorable mentions for 2012 are Lincoln and Game Change. 2017's best movie goes to Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. So written and directed by Martin McDonough, I saw this one on a plane and it stayed with me for days during my uh, subsequent vacation. Very thought-provoking, quirky, and um, unpredictable, I guess. So the plot is this. A woman puts up three billboards outside a small southern American town, challenging the cops of that town to solve her daughter's rape and murder. So the movie is one harrowing holy shit moment after another, and just comical enough to be considered a dark comedy, but also delves into themes such as grief, tragedy, um, racism, and I guess just injustice in general. I've never seen a movie like this one before. Uh, Woody Harrelson is great in this as always, but the standout role is Frances McDormand playing the broken mother character. Very believable and just um, just a very original movie. Honorable mentions for 2017 are Darkest Hour, Get Out, Logan, and Dunkirk. 2018's best movie goes to Emma from Chile. So the title of the movie is Emma. I'm just saying from Chile because it's a Chilean movie, and that's Emma spelt with one M. Uh, This movie I happened to catch at the Toronto International Film Festival, or as we over here call it, TIFF. I only went to see it because one of my favorite music producers, Nicholas Jar, did the soundtrack, but I'm very glad that I did. Um, because it's a phenomenal movie. So much of this movie was improvised, and it has that kind of hyper-realist feel to it that you may have noticed I'm a big fan of. It is about a Chilean dance teacher couple that cannot conceive a child, uh, adopts one, and then tries to return him due to him being out of control. Yeah, so the style and setting of this movie are very fresh, and it is very well edited. I haven't seen anything like it before or since. And 2018 will be our last recipient of the coveted Great Year for Movies Award with the following honorable mentions. Climax, from France. Bohemian Rhapsody, A Quiet Place, Green Book, Mid-90s, First Man, and Annihilation. 2019's best movie goes to Parasite from South Korea. Directed by Bong Joon-ho, Parasite is the first non-English language film to win the Best Picture Oscar at the supposedly newly woke Academy Awards. 
This movie has already been praised ad nauseum, so I won't rehash that here. I'll just recommend seeing it without watching any previews. And if you're into poignant social commentary, this movie is definitely for you. Honorable mentions for 2019 are Joker, The Gentleman, Ad Astra, and Tolkien. 2020's best movie goes to Soul. So Soul just might be Pixar's best movie. Uh, This one is super entertaining and explores themes much deeper than one might expect from a Pixar movie or from a kids movie in general. Uh, Watch it without watching any trailers if possible. It will delightfully surprise you. Um, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross of Nine Inch Nails did the soundtrack and they won an Oscar for it. It seems like everyone over at Pixar is taking full advantage of California's liberal stance to psychedelic use, and we have great films like Soul, Up, WALL-E, and Inside Out because of it. Uh, just kidding. But seriously. So, while Soul was great, I have to award 2020 with the dreaded, terrible year for movies for obvious reasons. Um, since nothing is really coming out due to the pandemic, if the reasons weren't obvious enough. Um, An honorable mention for 2020, though, is The Trial of the Chicago 7. And 2021's best movie so far is Bo Burnham's Inside. So this is a Netflix special one-man show musical written, directed, and starred in by the hilarious comedian Bo Burnham. Many hilarious themes throughout, including on-the-nose critiques of society, depression, and suicide. I'd describe Bo Burnham as a weird owl for adults. And I wouldn't categorize this as a dark comedy per se, but it certainly has elements of the genre throughout. So a very unique piece of cinema here. So we're already in August of 2021, so I'll hold off on labeling it a terrible year, but much like 2020, it has felt anemic so far for obvious reasons. Though I will throw out an honorable mention to A Quiet Place Part 2. Okay, so that's a wrap, everyone. Thank you for joining us for the Movies of the Year Awards down at Mark's Rabbit Hole. So... You know, pretty emotional night, uh, a lot of ups and downs, a few upsets, but I would say a lot of the awards were very well deserved. If you feel like anyone got snubbed tonight, uh, we want to hear about it. But most of all, we hope that you have found some cinematic gold in these awards and uh, that it brightens up your life that much more. Um, Yeah, I'll sign off here. Thanks for joining me, you guys. This has been Mark.